Hey, hey, happy Friday. We made it through another week. Welcome to the Locked On Red Sox podcast. I'm your host, Nessun's Lauren Campbell. Been covering Boston sports now for four years for Nessun, seven years total almost in this Boston media scene. I have a lot to get to on this Friday night. The Rule 5 draft protectees and non-protectees came out, and there was one specific surprise from the Red Sox, so let's just jump right into it, shall we? You are Locked On Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just because it's the offseason does not mean there is any shortage of news when it comes to the Red Sox. They haven't been too, too busy this offseason, but the Rule 5 draft is next month. Red Sox fans are a bit familiar with it because of Garrett Whitlock. You probably remember last season they, they, they got Garrett Whitlock from the Rule 5 draft from the Yankees, and he obviously panned out very, very well for Boston. I mean, we've talked on this show several times just how dominant he was. 196 ERA, just complete dominance from somebody who never even pitched above the AA level. Now now there's a potential that he could be a starter next year for the Red Sox, but now the deadline for who the Red Sox wanted to protect has come and gone, and that list has been made official. There was one specific player who I was pretty surprised that the Red Sox did not protect. And that was Thaddeus Ward. He was ranked number nine by MLB.com in Boston's farm system ahead of the season. He was pitching in double-A Portland last year when he underwent Tommy John surgery. He was placed on the injured list in May. He was feeling forearm discomfort. He was diagnosed with a forearm strain. Usually that's never good when it comes to pitchers. He visited multiple doctors. He got multiple opinions and he underwent Tommy John surgery in June. The Red Sox drafted him in the fifth round of the 2018 draft, and he's the second Red Sox pitching prospect to undergo Tommy John since the beginning of the 2021 season. The first was Brian Mata. Um, Obviously, they missed all of 2021. They're going to miss a lot of 2022 as well. So because he was ranked high, there is a lot of hype and potential around Ward. I was surprised to see that the Red Sox left him unprotected, Maybe they have this feeling that nobody will want to take him. 24-year-old undergoing Tommy John surgery will miss a lot of next year. This isn't a Garrett Whitlock situation where he'll be able to help you or be available to you out of the bullpen or as a pitcher right away, as a starting pitcher right away. You know, if you do take Thaddeus Ward from Boston, you're going to have to deal with any potential setbacks. And he's not going to pitch for a lot of next season. So you're already losing a year from him. So maybe the Red Sox thinking there is that he won't be picked and teams won't want to take that chance on him. There is always that possibility. But I was surprised to see that they're going to take that chance just because, like I said, he was ranked by MLB.com as the number nine prospect. He's a highly ranked guy and he has good stuff. So it's unfortunate he only got eight appearances, two starts in double A last year. He had five earned runs before he got injured. So we don't we have a very small sample size from Ward and we don't get to, you know, we haven't really been able to see what he can do. I am excited about this guy, so I hope that he can remain with the Red Sox, but I'm also going to understand if a team wants to take that chance on him. 
The Red Sox did elect to protect Jeter Downs, Josh Winkowski, and Brian Bellow. I don't think any of those are really a surprise. Jeter Downs came over in the Mookie Betts trade. Winkowski came over in the Andrew Benintendi trade. Uh, Downs is 23. He's a middle infielder. He had a terrible, terrible 2021. He hit only 190, and his on-base percentage was 272. He had 14 home runs, 9 doubles in 99 games. I was able to see him play a few times in AAA. I got to go out to Polar Park in Worcester quite a few times last season, so that was nice. Um, and yeah, I was kind of surprised at how how much he was struggling every time I went. I only went to um, six or seven games, but he did play in all of those. And I just remember thinking that, I know he's only 23, he's young. And, and when you have somebody come over in a trade that involves Mookie Betts, you kind of want instant results. Even though you know their prospects, you kind of hope more from them and you want them to succeed, obviously, especially if you're giving away a superstar like Mookie Betts. But again, he's only 23. He does need to be developed a little more. I don't think that his numbers last season are any reason to panic. So I'm not surprised there. I think that maybe he'll fight for a spot on the 40-man coming into the regular season and spring training. But I think that he still has a year or two to go to develop. We'll probably see him in Red Sox games next year, you know, depending on injuries or maybe the Red Sox are going to need to try to get him in MLB games. But again, it's not really a surprise that they're going to protect somebody from a draft who came over in a trade for Mookie. And Josh Winkowski, as I mentioned, came over in the Andrew Benintendi trade. He's also 23. He's a pitcher. He had a 394 ERA and 22 starts between AA Portland and AAA Worcester in 2021. He had two starts in Worcester. He allowed three earned runs in 12 innings, so he had a 225 ERA. He is ranked from Baseball America as Boston's number nine prospect, and he's been throwing in the upper 90s as a relief pitcher in the Arizona Fall League. So he's definitely someone to keep our eye on. Again, I'm not surprised that the Red Sox protected him. Maybe it came down to Winkowski and Thaddeus Ward, and you obviously are going to take the healthier pitcher. So I'm really excited to see what he does uh, throughout the spring, throughout the offseason. If he's already throwing in the upper 90s right now in Arizona Fall League, I think he'll be able to easily bring that over into AA and AAA. He's somebody that I'm really intrigued by. And it's, it, you know, again, it's when you get these prospects coming over from a bigger name trade, you want them to do well. You take an interest in them because you want your team to win the trade when you're trading away fan favorites or proven veterans, whatever it may be. And maybe he'll be able to help the Red Sox next season. We talked earlier on Friday morning's episode how the Red Sox have so many questions surrounding their pitching. I feel like that's a topic every episode, but it's one of the biggest topics surrounding the Red Sox this offseason going into 2022. So there is a lot of hope surrounding him. I I'm all in on on Winkowski. I am super excited to see what he'll be able to bring to the Red Sox. Again, I don't think he's going to be a starter. Um, I don't think he's going to be on the Red Sox roster opening day. I think this is somebody who still needs to be developed a little bit. But the signs he's showing are certainly positive, and he's going in the right direction. And to round out who we're going to highlight who the Red Sox protected is Brian Bellow. Jason Burke and I talked about him on Locked on A's during our crossover crossover episode last week. Bellow went 7-3. and three. He had a 3.87 ERA and 21 starts between high A Greenville and double A Portland. He averaged just over 12 strikeouts. He averaged just over 12 strikeouts and th- almost three walks per nine innings. 
So that's not too shabby. I am also very intrigued by him. Don't know too, too much about him, but the numbers are not bad. And this, again, this is somebody, if they can develop, maybe he can be helpful for the Red Sox next season or 2023. However, because there is such a hole in the Red Sox rotation and in their bullpen as well, I don't think Red Sox fans are going to be very patient with the front office and what they can do in this offseason, especially with how many good pitchers and players in general are on the market. As much as Winkowski and Bello and even Thaddeus Ward, as much hope as that gives Red Sox fans for the future, they want to win now, especially after a season, a 2021 season, when they went to the ALCS, when they were only pegged to win 70 games. So I think getting that taste of the postseason once again, getting two wins away from the World Series, I think for the for Red Sox fans, they want to be in win now mode. And I think the players want to be in win now mode as well, again, because of how successful they were last season. I think there certainly is hope for the future. This season or 2021 season was just supposed to be kind of a bridge year and be competitive in 2022 and 2023 was going to be the year where it's like they should win the World Series in 2023. But with this robust free free agent market class, the Red Sox desperately needing more pitching help than they did last season. As good as this farm system looks to be on paper, if they're not ready for 2022, go out and get help for, for who will help you in the now, not in the future. Because if you're set up for the future, that's fantastic. But if the future isn't 2022, I think fans are going to start to get impatient, especially when you have players in the farm system who came from trades like the Mookie Betts deal, the Andrew Benintendi deal. Us Boston fans have been spoiled over the past, it feels like 20, 22 years with championships from the Patriots, the Bruins, the Celtics, the Red Sox. And one of those teams has not won since 2018. So even though the Boston Pride, the professional women's hockey team here in Boston, just won their championship a few months ago, I think Boston fans are itching for another World Series. And the Red Sox will be able to do it. It's just a matter of, will it be 2022? Or is it going to be 2023? Or even worse, will it be 2024? Will we have to wait even longer? But regardless, we know who the Red Sox are and are not protecting. They are set up pretty good for the future. I have my eye on these prospects because they're very intriguing for their own different reasons. So it's going to be a fun Rule 5 draft. It's going to be a fun offseason. I keep saying it's going to be a fun offseason. But the Red Sox have to make the moves in order to make it fun. Coming up in our second segment of Locked on Red Sox, we're going to talk a little bit of the potential lockout that could come, the CBA, and kind of what's going on with that, because that's a really big topic going around now. But first, I need to tell you about Built Bar, because by now you probably know how much I love Built Bar, and I also love Thanksgiving, all the good food, the treats, there's so many of them. But maybe you want something like a yummy dessert, but it's not packed with calories and sugar. So now it's the perfect time for Built Bars. It's the new holiday dessert. They're low calorie, they're low carb, they're low fat, and they're high in protein. And some of them, this is the best part, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. There's new surprises all month. There's limited time flavors at Built.com regularly. So go check out the website. There's nothing like a Built Bar Black Friday. So mark your calendars because Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. That's LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Welcome back to the Locked On Red Sox podcast. Thank you so much for making Locked On Red Sox your first listen of every single day. Let's jump in and talk this CBA here because it does expire 
December 1st. And that is, what's that, two weeks? A little under two weeks from now. And this is a big deal because there, there has not been a work stoppage in MLB since, the 19, since 1994 going into the 1995 season. I don't really remember too much of that because I was five or six years old. And that resulted in a canceled World Series. And I know baseball fans certainly do not want that. There's always constant talk of how to grow the game. The game is dying. They need to do things to make it better. And a work stoppage and a lockout would be the worst thing that could happen, especially at a time where I really thought baseball was growing last year. I know viewership was up by watching it on TV. Maybe that came as a result of COVID when people were not allowed to go to the games and they just started watching a lot more on TV, realized that, hey, baseball, you can watch baseball on TV. So who knows? But again, that would be the worst thing that can happen. The CBA expires at 11.59 p.m. on December 1st. It doesn't really sound like right now that they're going to come to a deal, both MLB and the MLBPA. Commissioner Rob Manfred did say that it's their number one priority to get a deal done. Of course, it's the priority, but it comes down to are they really going to do it? Are the two sides going to be too stubborn to come to an agreement? And listen, both sides want what they want. Players want more money. Owners want this. Players want that. I just feel like every time there's a potential lockout or dispute, we've seen it in the NHL so many times with lockouts and stoppages because the two sides can't come to terms. And it only seems to be over money. And both sides deserve to get paid. Absolutely. But in my mind, or, you know, in my opinion, really, it just comes down to the owners wanting more than the players. And it just gets so messy. Money gets involved all the time. Money ruins everything. Uh, Manfred also would not specifically discuss where they were in negotiations. He said it wouldn't be helpful to the process. He said the best thing to do would be for both sides to come to an agreement. Yes, Manfred, I think everybody agrees, but that deal needs to get done. Uh, just because a deal doesn't get done doesn't mean the players will be locked out. It's sounding like that's what's going to happen. Should they not be able to agree? Um, this is... This is really interesting because this did happen something similar. And I remember the countdown on like ESPN, just the countdown until the labor strike happened and they reached a deal last minute. This is looking like it's going to come down to something like that. I just have this pit in my stomach that there will be a lockout. But just because if there is a lockout, if one does happen, does not mean the season is in danger. Maybe spring training starts a little later. Maybe the season starts a little later. So a lockout doesn't automatically mean the season will stop or not happen. Obviously, it, it could, but we're going to think happy thoughts. We're not going to think of a potential lockout that is still two weeks away. The season doesn't start for another couple of months. I hope it comes down to them being able to figure it out and reach a side or reach an agreement that's fair for both sides. The GM's meetings and the owner's meetings, they are happening this week. And that's one of the things the CBA is one of the really big topics. Other topics also include a pitch clock. The Tampa Bay Rays made a proposal in order to be a split city team. So they play half their season in Tampa Bay and then half their season in Montreal. I would love if the team just went to Montreal. I think Montreal is an amazing sports city. It's also a very beautiful city in general. But the Montreal Canadiens and the NHL, they have a huge fan base. The fans are incredibly passionate up there. I remember the Montreal Expos, 
And I think that they would do well in Montreal. I think, like I said, it's a great sports city. The Oakland A's also are looking to move to Las Vegas. I just feel like that's going to be an ongoing fight. But that's another thing that was discussed at the owners' meetings this week. But the pitch clock is certainly one that maybe should be considered. There's been studies how it's shaved over 20 minutes of a game, and it also increases offense. So I like the idea of a pitch clock, not because I'm someone who's like, oh, the game needs to be sped up. They need to do everything they can to make this a two and a half hour game, just because I think it will add a little more strategy. It will add, you know, the pitchers will have to figure out how to work maybe a little faster. Batters, they'll have to figure out how to maybe read a pitcher a little better. So I'm all in for the pitch clock. I think it's good for the game as well. And of course, the universal DH. And I've always been for the universal DH. I'm not like, I'm not anti-pitchers hitting. I do think it's fun. Of course, in the American League, because they're not constantly hitting, there is bigger risk for injury there. But again, somebody in the National League, they have just as much risk of injury. But I like the universal DH. I've, I, I guess it's just because I grew up watching American League Baseball, and there always was a DH. So for me, I'm just like, eh, like it's not going to change much the way I think how baseball is played. But again, I don't watch a ton of National League Baseball. I'll watch some of it and I'll watch interleague play when the Red Sox go and play, of course. But I would love to hear everyone's thoughts on this universal DH because I feel that the people who don't want it are incredibly passionate about it. And the ones who are just for the DH have pretty much the same excuse of, oh, I just don't want the pitchers to hit. So I would love to hear your opinion on the universal DH if you are so against it. I want to know why. I just, I love having these conversations with people. I love hearing their thoughts and why they think uh, DH should or should not be in baseball. We have one more segment to get to here on Locked on Red Sox. But first, I do want to tell you about betonline.ag. That's right. We're back. We're better than ever. It's a new web interface for the start of the basketball season. That means more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet online remains your number one spot for all of the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, UFC, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, do not wait to take advantage of all of the offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. I can certainly confirm it's the easiest. I'm not a betting person, but bet online makes it so easy. That's bet online where the game starts. Welcome back to the Locked On Red Sox podcast. Thank you so much for making Locked On Red Sox your first listen of every single day. We are going to end this show on a positive note, just like we always do. It's short, it's simple, it's to the point. It's there's 132 days left until opening day. It does seem a little far away, but my wedding is in 259 days. So it opening day is much closer than that. So let's get excited. It's only one more month and we'll be able to say 100 days and then one more sleep and then we can say we're in double digit days until opening day. So that will do it for today's episode of the Locked on Red Sox podcast. Thank you as always for making this podcast your first listen of every day. Be sure to follow me on Twitter right there at la 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 Lauren, three laws, Lauren with four R's and check us out on the Locked on Red Sox Twitter account 
at LO underscore Red Sox. Be sure to check out all of my coverage, Red Sox Bruins, Celtics, Patriots, all on Nesson.com. And do not forget to check out all of the other amazing Locked On shows across our network. Locked On Yankees, Locked On A's, Locked On Astros, Locked On Rockies, Locked On Rangers. Everyone does an incredible job. Be sure to check them out. And now that you've made Locked On Red Sox your first listen of every day, head on over to Locked On Bets for your second listen. Locked On Bets is your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. It's hosted by your boy Q and expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. Have a great day. Have a great weekend. I'll see you Monday.